Tomorrow, straight up 4 o'clock. My name is Eric Asher. For the dog catcher, the governor, they all got to go. We the people on the bio. Broadcasting from the Dudley DeBosher Studios. Anytime, anywhere, smartphone, tune in radio app. We are WRKN. 1061 Nash Icon, Picayune, New Orleans. Good evening, and welcome to All Access on 1061 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com. Presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. All Access is also presented by the Allstate Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics, and by Francesca by Katie's, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans player. All Access is also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln in Kenner. By Rhino Shield Mid-South. Bergeron Automotive in Metairie. By LifeGate Church in Mandeville in Metairie. By Premier Automotive throughout the New Orleans area. John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge. By Life Resources Ministries with outreaches throughout the New Orleans area. And by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. It's your chance to talk intelligence sports, all sports, all the time. To join in the conversation, call 504-260-1061. Now here's your host, Cumulus New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, the Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club, Life Resources Ministries, and the Kenner Star. And a pleasant good evening and welcome to another edition of All Access, the Monday night edition here on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon on the web. We're at NashFM1061.com. Tune in app anywhere in the world for you to listen in via iHeart. Of course, our podcast available via CrescentCitySports.com. Following the show, click on Menu, click on More, and click on Podcast to listen back or to listen to what you may have missed as well. You can always listen at home via Alexa. Just tell her to play WRKN or Nash Icon 1061 FM. Email me at Ken at CrescentCitySports.com or call in at 504 260 1061. That's 504 260 1061. We'll talk about LSU football a little bit later on the show. We'll get into Tulane football with Matty Hudak, who will join us. And also, we'll visit uh, with James Matthews, the new basketball coach and athletic director at Suno. The Black Knights are coming back, bringing back athletics overall. That's a really good thing. James is a really enthusiastic guy and a real opportunity here to try to to reinvigorate uh, a community. I mean, Suno's had a really good track and field program, and to watch what happened was really kind of sad. But to see them come back in such a short period of time is really a welcome sight. And we'll talk to James Matthews about that later on in the show. Where the Saints are concerned, Dennis Allen said today he's not made up his mind about his quarterback for Sunday's game against the Raiders in Caesars Superdome. He did say Jameis Winston is improving. So that certainly is an indicator that maybe, just maybe, He'll return to the lineup. We shall see because, again, they have to make a decision and and go with it and stick with it, too, from that perspective. And it's been a mixed bag across the board, but they have more problems than that do the Saints. That's the bad news. The good news is they're only a game out of first in a bad division and in a conference that really only has one good division, and that's the NFC East. So stay tuned. Uh, As bad as it is, uh, it's not over yet by any stretch of the imagination. Of course, the New Orleans Pelicans played their first home game last night, and what a game it was. And for the longest while, it looked like it was just a, a bad night. They were getting whipped uh, by a team that played extremely hard and extremely smart in Utah. By the way, how about those ridiculously stupid uniforms that uh, Utah wore? I refuse to call them by their name because that's ridiculous. 
uh, you know, those of us that have been around here all of our lives. And, and my first job in the industry was covering the Jazz at the Superdome. So uh, that's, it's hard to call that team Jazz. But how about that ridiculous uniform? It looked like something you might find at a playground, uh, aside from the color scheme, just a, like a stenciled Jazz across the front. No logo, nothing else. But that's another story. They played like a really good team for a long time, and then they couldn't make a shot. The Pelicans defended well and gave themselves a chance to win the game, but alas, fell just short in overtime. Joining us to talk about it, He's got a really good podcast at Harden the Paint, and of course, he's very familiar to us, and we value him and treasure him and the work that he does. It's great to welcome David Grubb to the show. How are you, David? I'm doing well. You know, this is a uh, busy time of year for all of us, but for me, you know, basketball season between the Pelicans, and then um, I'll still be working with Tulane again this year, yeah. men's basketball team, and broadcasting with them. It's just, you know, I love this part of year. No doubt, uh, getting. Ron Hunter to come speak along with Lisa Stockton at the Greater New Orleans Quarterback Club next month, in fact. And, and t- speaking of enthusiastic, that's an enthusiastic dude right there. Oh, absolutely. And he's got reason to be. I mean, he's got that backcourt, which is one of the most dynamic ones in, in that conference, um, coming back. And, and you have a team that's experienced in his, in his uh, style of play. I think they've grown up a lot. And, um, you know, I, I, they made a lot of headway last season in getting – over 500 in conference and making a nice little run in the tournament, playing well. So I think, uh, you know, Tulane men's basketball, alongside of what you're seeing with the football program, and you, obviously you're going to talk to Maddie, who I love as well, and, and does a great job covering Tulane and, and, and the Saints. Um, it, it just seems like some good things are happening uptown, and like Sam Suno as well. Um, and uh, Dillard always doing well. Xavier always doing well. It's a good time in, in, in New Orleans with athletics. It's a great high school football season going on, and I'm sure that will lead into greater things as well, too. Uh, too. So just a great time for New Orleans. Yeah, and of course, many of us were Loyola grads because of the communication school, and they won a national championship in basketball. So Yeah, we're not been... talking about them. You're absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> it's been special, uh, to say the least. But, you know, where the Pelicans are concerned, that's your passion, and that's what you do. And before we talk about last night and, and what's to come, tell everybody about your podcast, David. Yeah, hard in the paint. Um, usually it's three episodes a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, and we cover, of course, uh, basketball is the number one thing, but um, I also have some great guests from around the world of sports. Um, this week uh, I'll be joined by Jamel Hill, actually, um, talk about her new book, and Ross Jackson will be on as well. So we'll be talking um, about that, but I'm doing these uh, uh, daily updates before the games with the Pelicans. So you can check those out on social media. Um, and follow the podcast, and I think I do basketball as well as anybody uh, in the area. Well, make sure that you check it out, and Ross does a great job, and of course is a contributor for us for CrescentCitySports.com as well. Well, last night was was just a it was an amazing situation. First of all, to see a packed house, to see the enthusiasm, the excitement, and I said before it started that I thought this was a 50-win team, but one huge qualification if they stay healthy enough, and already that's not the case. Fortunately, you know, today Willie Green saying that you know, Zion and Herb Jones would both be questionable for tomorrow night, Zion's hip contusion, and Herb Jones with a, a sore knee that he played through. They had it checked out, and he's okay, which is good. So you hope those guys play tomorrow night. Zion, Brandon Ingram will not play because he, he did suffer a concussion, and he's in the league's concussion protocol, so that's probably going to be – a few games, so I guess you start right there. As I've always said, you've got to be 
good and you've got to be lucky. I think this team's pretty good, but right now not very lucky. Yeah, uh, injuries um, it, it are going to be the storyline for the entire season because, quite frankly, it, it doesn't matter who you're talking about on this roster. They all have, outside of some of the young guys, of course, uh, a checkered injury history. He's talking about Zion Williamson, of course, who now has played 87 games in his career and may miss tomorrow, um, 88 games, excuse me. Uh, Brandon Ingram, who is who's not played more than 70 in each of the last two seasons. Um, we've had some struggles with C.J. McCollum the last couple of years uh, in his career. Larry Nance hasn't played more than 55 games in about four years. So injuries, you know, the, the thing about this team that everybody was sold on was depth, but if you lose your high-end guy, your Ingram and your Zion Williamson in particular, um, it challenges that depth because a lot of these guys are built to be complementary players to that group um, and not featured players. So it puts some folks in some unfamiliar positions. Um, and, and we'll see how long you can get away with that, uh, with this group, depending on how long um, Brandon Ingram is out in particular. Like you said, he's going to miss multiple games as part of that injury protocol. And the Pelicans do have an extended road trip, a three-game road trip coming up. Uh, when they go out west, they're going to get the Lakers, who, yeah, you, you think they should do well against, but also the Clippers and also um, uh, Portland. Uh, I think it's Portland on that trip. So it's, it's just a, a Phoenix, excuse me. So you get Phoenix, the Clippers, and the Lakers, which are not going to be easy games on the road. So they'll be tested by that. So, yeah, you hope Brandon Ingram gets back. But Zion Williamson, um, I think he or Herb Jones, one of the two will sit out. I don't think both of them play uh, just because they want to be very um, cautious, I think, in handling these young players, particularly Zion, who they don't want to have a major setback with. So I guess rumors of Utah's demise were were premature, that they were tanking and everything else. They sure don't look like it. Too many pros. You know, there's just too many guys on that team who have something to prove. Colin Sexton, you know, he got traded from Cleveland. Do you think he wants to play poorly and, and, and not have an opportunity to either showcase himself for the Jazz in a contract extension or in a trade for another team? Uh, you know, Laurie Markkinen, another guy who didn't get the money that he thought he was going to get out on the open market uh, a year ago. And now he's got something to prove. And he's a veteran. He's been around. He's, he was the fast, one of the fastest players, I think, in league history to hit 203 pointers. So he has something to prove. Mike Conley, who would like to maybe get to a, a, a championship contender, wants to show that he can still play in this league at a high level, maybe for 20 to 25 minutes a night. So, yeah, and we got some young guys. Jared Vanderbilt, very exciting young player. He picked up the SEC reigning, the SEC, uh, reigning defensive player of the year. Pelicans had some luck with that guy, you know, the year before getting the SEC Defensive Player of the Year and Herb Jones. So, yeah, that Jazz team, Jordan Clarkson, a former Sixth Man of the Year, they got a lot of weapons, and and you know they're they're not they don't have a superstar, they don't have somebody to carry them somewhere, but they've got enough players that if they play hard on a nightly basis, they're going to be a difficult out the entire season. Yeah, and Olenek's a good role player. Of course, I never would have thought that he'd hit a game-winning shot putting the ball on the floor. <laughs> so. I never would have imagined that, but he got there and give him credit for it. But yeah, that team played extremely hard, and and that was pretty much the story of the game. They they just out hustled and outplayed the Pelicans for three and a half quarters, and then for half a quarter, the Pelicans played like team with their pants on fire, and and it showed with the incredible effort. And it's a shame they lost the game because of how hard they played and and how well they they played down the stretch. And what happens when you defend? They defended better and. A lot of that had to do with the matchups, too, because 
Uh, that was, just wasn't a good game on the defensive end in terms of matchups for Jonas Valanciunas or Zion Williamson. Yeah, and that's, I think, the biggest concern for the Pelicans is, is always going to be tall, athletic front courts. You know, going back to the Suns uh, playoff series, the biggest problem the Pelicans had, you know, was dealing with DeAndre Ayton, dealing with JaVale McGee. Both of those guys had big series against the Pelicans. The Pelicans were much better against their perimeter players. Uh, you look in, in this, you know, to start the season, um, the Pelicans had a very clear advantage in the first game of the season uh, in points in the paint, and it got a little smaller each of the last two games because you had bigger uh, front courts that could frustrate Zion Williamson uh, in, in that second game. Uh, and, uh, and then, of course, against the Jazz, Zion had 25, but it was a difficult 25 for him. And, and Jonas, Jonas Valanciunas was taken completely out of the game because the Jazz were able to spread the floor with that athletic front court that could stretch, you know, and that could shoot the ball as well. So um, I worry because Jackson Hayes is not a great defender. Uh, Billy Hernan Gomez gives you great effort, but there's a reason he's the 13th guy on your bench uh, because he doesn't. He's not a great athlete either. So um, Larry Nance was forced to put in uh, a lot of work, and again over the course of the season, you worry just about that. That's the one position of need. You know, I think that the Pelicans have is getting another real legitimate rim protector. Uh, because they should have dominated the Jazz inside. The Jazz are giving up 66 points a game in the paint, and the Pelicans are better than the teams the Jazz have played inside. So I was really surprised that the Pelicans didn't do better, but I think length is that one thing that is the great equalizer against the Pelicans, and, of course, not having Brandon Ingram for three quarters as well. Yeah, he's such a good player. C.J. McCollum came up big for them when they needed him. Alvarado was the spark, as he always is. And the guy that really looks like he's ready to take a big step forward is Trey Murphy the third. I think Trey, yeah. You know, with the second unit, the goal every night has to be to get Trey going. You know, he's the guy who's a legitimate, who could get hot on any given night and give you 30 off the bench. Nobody else on the bench is going to give you that. Alvarado's going to give you good production. You know, you're going to get good production out of Larry Nance. But if you want an explosive night from your bench, a guy who could be, you know, that Lou Williams, Jamal Crawford type explosive player off the bench, it's Trey Murphy. And he gets hot really quickly. And he can do it from every stage on the court. He can score around the basket. He can finish um, above the rim. He can shoot it in the mid-range. He can shoot the three. And he can take people off the dribble. So I think that uh, the key for the bench all season long will be getting him going. When he gets, uh, when he plays against second units, I think he's so talented. And like you said, Alvarado defensively can change the game so quickly, um, with his pressure. You're not going to count on a 5'10 guy to do that for you 82 nights a year, but there are enough games that he can help you steal because of his effort. And that's what that was last night. The Pelicans didn't play well anywhere. They didn't shoot the ball well around the rim. They missed a lot of bunnies. They didn't shoot it well in the mid-range. They didn't shoot it well from three. They were below 30% from three. But they got to the free throw line, and they were able to win in points in the uh, transition because they defended their behinds off in the third and fourth quarter and had to help them get into overtime. So, yeah, I, I, I got to give credit to Willie Green for riding with the guys who were willing to defend. Because, he, you know, Zion Winston may have been able to go, maybe he couldn't. But Willie stuck with the guys defensively who were giving him the most effort. And I think that's what this team has to get back to because if you notice, they went from allowing 108 on opening night to allowing 122 last night. And I think Willie Green can't be happy 
with those kind of uh, numbers that they're allowing, particularly in your first home game. Visiting with David Grubb, talking about the New Orleans Pelicans. So the Dallas Mavericks come to town tomorrow night. That's one of the teams in the West they're going to have to try to finish ahead of, and I think they got a legitimate chance to do so. Uh, when you think Dallas, you think Doncic and little else, but Christian Wood's been really good for them thus far this year. Christian Wood, and then, you know, you always have to worry about um, your Tim Hardaways, you worry about uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, if he's available to go. You know, you just they have uh, the ability to score, and their front court is better and longer this year than it was last year. Um, so, and the Mavericks have always given the Pelicans problems. You know, they, they hold the biggest win in, against the Pelicans in franchise history. Luka Doncic has had some memorable nights playing against this Pelicans defense, and they're going to be shorthanded again. So I think mm-hmm. if you're the New Orleans Pelicans, what you've got to do is be extremely disciplined, particularly let's say if you don't have Herb Jones tomorrow. If they decide to arrest Herb Jones because of that knee and say, we don't want you running around there after Luka Doncic for 40 minutes, mm-hmm. and that's a collective effort. You're going to have to be very disciplined uh, in your approach because Luka is a guy who can pass the ball extremely well, as we know. He also knows how to use his size and rebound. He's a triple-double threat every night. Um, but you're going to have to exploit him and attack him defensively. Somebody on the perimeter, CJ's going to have to have a big game. And though he scored that 20, what, 20 out of Pelicans last 26 um, at, at some point going into that overtime period, he still hasn't shot the ball particularly well from outside. Three of nine on opening night. I think he was two of eight last night. So you're looking for CJ to be a little bit more consistent from the outside. You're going to have to see Trey Murphy score points. And Jonas Valanciunas is going to have to be a lot closer to the guy who put up 30 and 17 than the guy who struggled to score uh, against the Jazz last night. Yeah, they need more out of him on a consistent basis. And uh, he was good in that role last year. He was a consistent 15 and 10 type of guy and exactly what they need out of him on a night-to-night basis. There will be spots for Hernan Gomez, depending on matchups during the course of the year. Uh, The ones I'm not sure about are Jackson Hayes and Devontae Graham. Absolutely. I mean, with Hayes, you saw it in the short minutes last night. Defensively, he was not prepared to play basketball. And nope. that's what's the most bothersome part. You know, people will point to his athletic gifts over and over again and talk about how talented he is offensively. And that's fine. But if you're looking at what the Pelicans need right now, if I'm a big guy and I'm saying, what's going to keep me on the floor? It's somebody who can block shots and rebound because you're not getting that a ton of boards out of Zion Williamson right now. You're getting five or six a night. So that other player on the floor defensively with him has to secure those boards. That could be Jackson Hayes, but he hasn't shown any inclination to doing that. As far as Devontae Graham, through the first two games, the two quarters that the Pelicans lost, this is a team that led for every minute of the first two games, but the only two quarters they lost in those first two games were the games when Devontae Graham logged heavy minutes. He was the only player with a double-digit negative plus-minus after the first two games. Played slightly better against the Jazz, but still, defensively, he adds nothing to the equation. He's still shooting around 33% from three-point range, and he doesn't create uh, opportunities for others. I think Devontae is somebody who has to get out of the way and allow more minutes for Dyson Daniels, per se. Yeah, I was going to bring up Dyson Daniels, and I know it's his first year in the league. I understand all that. And I know Kyra Lewis is still recuperating, and we're not sure what he is anyway, but, but ultimately I'd, I'd much prefer to see uh, 
those guys as compared to seeing Graham. Nothing against him. I just don't think he brings much to the table. If he's not making shots at a high percentage, he has no value. I mean, he was played off the floor of the playoffs again because teams exploited him defensively. His three-point shooting has gone down each of the last three years heading into this season, and it's low again this season. He doesn't get to the free-throw line. He doesn't rebound. He doesn't get steals. Yeah, his value at, at what you're paying him and the minutes that you're allowing to play him, I don't know if it's Willie Green being forced again to play him uh, much the way we felt like Eric Bledsoe was being forced upon the Pelicans. But right now, Devontae Graham is a net minus. And the one thing the Pelicans have to have on the floor at all times are players who can defend. And he's not that. So I just don't see how you can even try. At least with Jackson Hayes, you're saying, well, you got to have some length out there. But Graham gives you nothing. He's the smallest. He's, he's the least effective. Ball handler, he's the least effective shooter on the floor for you in the backcourt. And you're hoping, honestly, that Kyra Lewis, the guy you drafted in the first round, surpasses him. And Dyson Daniels, who you drafted at the eighth with the eighth pick, who showed in the preseason that he could make things happen, who showed in summer league he could make things happen, at least in that regard. When you're having a team that's struggling to finish at the rim and struggling to get some easy buckets on occasion, I'd rather have the 6'7 rookie in than the 5'11 uh, guy who's misfired. Yeah, listen, I agree. I, I think they have a good roster. I think it can be a very good roster if Dyson Daniels turns into the player that I think a lot of people think he can become. Uh, but ultimately, you know, that other that guard spot off the bench, you need somebody else that can score the basketball, and that's the only uh, negative I see. Yeah, I think, uh, they're, I mean, they're going to need another perimeter score. Yeah, I mean, like I said, on a given night, Hernan Gomez can be an effective player. In the right matchups, he'll go out there and get you 10 and 7 and do a good job. But not so worried about that as I am about the ability for somebody to come off the bench and score the ball. Alvarado can do it on occasion, but that's not his role. His role is the hustler and, and to go out and create opportunities on the defensive end and, and really on the offensive end for others. So interesting. So Dallas next, and you know, man, that's way too early in the season to get concerned. But like I said, the biggest concern is keeping their main players on the floor long enough. I think if they do, they're good, but they've got to be able to do that. And already they've got issues. Yeah, they're very good. I mean, I think this, it, it, you wouldn't get much argument from anybody and say this is the most talented team in New Orleans over the 22-year history of the franchise. Talented top to bottom. Um, mm-hmm. The question for them is going to be, can the stars become superstars? To win in the NBA, your best players have to be all NBA performers. Zion Williams has that Williamson has that potential. Brandon Ingram, I think, is closer to reaching that potential than Zion Williamson is right now. I think this is a lot closer to being his team than it is Zion's. But the question is going to be for both of them, how committed are they defensively, and will they be available enough games? I think, you know, for Zion, really, that defensive question is a huge one because I still see a lot of situations where he's jogging defensively and he's not really making his presence felt physically to where he's deterring people from driving towards the basket. I think he has to take some fouls every now and then um, that are real fouls, you know, some NBA fouls, and, and make things second, you know, have some second thoughts about driving to the basket. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter at DMGrub, and Hard in the Paint is the podcast. Make sure you check it out. It does an outstanding job, really good stuff preparing you for the game last night, and we'll continue to do that 
type of work all year long. David, great to hear your voice again. Appreciate you, and, and listen, thank you. Keep up the good work, you hear? Always a pleasure and always my best to you. Uh, thank you right, for everything you. you've ever done. You got it, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate it. That's David Grubb of Heart of the Pain. We'll take a time out here. Tulane football. Wow. Fantastic stuff. Matty Hudak, sideline reporter for the Green Wave, will join us next to talk about that. Still to come, we'll talk to James Williams of Suno and Athletics Revived. We'll do that when we return as well. Glad you're with us on this Monday night. Ken Trahan, All Access, back in a moment here on 1061 FM Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. If you want a little soul with your country, then you're with us. New Orleans country, from the classics to the songs that matter. Your country is on 1061 Nash Icon or anytime at NashFM1061.com. My friend and I are taking a trip to Mexico this year, but neither of us speak Spanish. So we downloaded Babbel and started learning Spanish fast. Want to get conversational in another language in as little as three weeks? Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons were designed by language experts to be the most efficient and effective way to learn a new language. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? Babbel, language for life. Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. This is good versus evil. Tuesday on The CW. This is the first time in my life anything has made sense, you know? The opportunity to face one's demons. Literally, yes, I do now. There's nothing better than the thrill of the hunt. I was born to do this. It's the new series critics are calling engaging and fun. A confident, entertaining prequel. Definitely a journey worth taking. So who's with me? The Winchesters. Only Tuesday on The CW. Tuesday at 7 on NOLA 38, The CW. For that professional landscaping appearance every time, depend on Land Pride, the leader in landscape and agri-maintenance equipment. Ascension Equipment in Renal in Gonzales is your local authorized Land Pride dealer. From rotary cutters and tillers to cedars, rakes, and blades, you'll find that no landscaping task is too tough for Land Pride. Discuss the complete line of Land Pride products with the folks at Ascension Equipment in Renal on Airline Highway in Gonzales. Save more today and mow tomorrow. This Halloween, it's the season for spectacular fun and, uh-oh, empty candy bowls. Swoop in or online to Walgreens to fill your Halloween bowl with our weekly Treats of the Week deals. Because if it's we can't run out of candy season, it's Walgreens season. This is Kevin Mamahat. For most of us, the largest single purchase we'll ever make is when buying a home. That's why thousands of homeowners each year choose to protect their largest investment with Rhino Shield. Rhino Shield is the only international architectural ceramic coating that gives residential and commercial owners peace of mind. Along with our 25-year warranty, our ceramic coating reflects the ultraviolet rays we experience here in Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama, keeping your home cooler with less strain on your air conditioner. And it's more affordable than you think. So give us a call for your free estimate, 504-407-2222, or visit rhinoshieldmidsouth.com. 
Call now and you can get the guaranteed protection of Rhino Shield for 20% off the regular price. 407 2222 or visit rhinoshieldmidsouth.com. Don't paint, don't vinyl, go Rhino Shield. Never paint your house again. Rhino Shield. This is Lenny Minutillo, chef and co owner of the Happy Italian Pizzeria Restaurant and Catering in Arahans. Happy Italian is now open for lunch and dinner, Wednesday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Catering is available any day. The Happy Italian Pizzeria Restaurant and Catering, 7105 Jefferson Highway in Harahan. Open Wednesday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. Like us on Facebook and love us on your taste buds. For more info, check us out at happyitalian.com. This report is sponsored by Indeed.com. Fall into a hiring spree with Indeed. Their end-to-end hiring solution makes it easy to attract, interview, and hire candidates. Sponsor a job and instantly receive a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. Welcome to your daily sports report presented by CrescentCitySports.com. In the home opener before a sellout crowd, the Pelicans drove by 17 in the fourth quarter. Then came a stirring comeback. Then came overtime. Then Kelly Olenek hit a leaner with 3.1 seconds left to give Utah a 121-120 victory. C.J. McCollum, who led the comeback, had 28 points, 12 boards. Zion Williams at 25, but he didn't play in the final seven minutes of regulation or overtime. Willie Green said afterwards it was injury-related. Brandon Ingram was injured in the game with concussion-like symptoms, too. Now 2-1, the Pelicans host Dallas Tuesday night. For the first time since October 1998, both LSU and Tulane ranked in the top 25 in football. Tigers 18th in the AP poll, 20th in the coaches poll, Tulane and now 23rd in the AP poll, 24th in the coaches poll. NFC South, Carolina shocked Tampa Bay 21-3, Cincinnati whipped Atlanta 35-17. As a result, the Bucks and Falcons 3-4, the Saints and Panthers 2-5. For these stories and more, visit CrescentCitySports.com. Have a blessed day and be a good sport. For CrescentCitySports.com, I'm Ken Trahan. Now's the time. What's on your mind? We'd love to get your take by calling Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com and all access on 1061 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Call 504-260-1061. We'll also visit with our friend James Matthews, the new basketball coach and athletic director at SUNO as they bring athletics back, and we'll do that later on in the show. It's been great times for Tulane University. Of course, getting set for basketball, as we talked about with David Grubb, and obviously a lot to look forward to with both Ron Hunter and Lisa Stockton's teams. But right now, football at the forefront. Sellout crowd, biggest crowd ever at Yulman this past weekend, and the Green Wave a 10-point winner over Memphis. As a result, Tulane now remaining undefeated and leading American Conference action, but also ranked 23rd in the Associated Press Bowl, 24th in the Coaches Poll. Great to welcome the fine sideline reporter for Tulane University and and rising star in many phases Maddie Hudak. Maddie listen thank you it's good to have you with us. Hey thanks for having me and roll wave at that. There you go well it's close to your heart you went to school there so this has got to be pretty special for you right? Oh yeah I mean considering it's my second season as a sideline reporter um, last year's homecoming hit a bit hard being that it was my five-year homecoming as an alumni so just to experience this season so far has really been unforgettable, uh, for lack of a better term. I know that everyone is enthusiastic, everyone's optimistic in the offseason, but did you see this coming at all? I, I kind of 
of did. And I had said, I'm kind of glad that I don't look like a delusional person at this point. But <laughs> you just heard the players, you know, back all the way back to spring camp, quite honestly. Uh, and I'd made a point to go to almost every one of those camp, uh, practices, including fall camp. And them just talking so much about the conference championship, on its face, it was kind of confusing considering, you know, where they were last year. But they really saw what was going to happen this season, uh, I think, over camp. I think, you know, when Willie Fritz had the gall to kind of get rid of the entire new uh, entire coaching staff, clean house, and bring in uh, new guys that seemed to just, again, communicate and work better with the players and using them for their strengths uh, rather than just trying to kind of fit square pegs and circle holes, which is what it felt like a little bit at times last season. Uh, but they've just been so confident. You could see that in their play those first couple of games and the fact that that week four loss didn't really seem to rattle them at all. It only seemed to fuel their fire. I tend to kind of look at that as a blessing in disguise because they got a taste of what it was like last season. But as much as they said this is going to be the conference championship season, to have the stretch they've had so far and win the way they have, like in Houston with their third string quarterback and things like that, it's really been a magical season, quite frankly. Matty Hudak with us talking about Tulane and I've talked to Willie a ton of times in both the informal and formal circumstances. And look, I think you hit on it. The coaching changes have made all the difference in the world. And the job of a CEO is simple, and that is to surround yourself with good people, identify exactly what their roles are, and allow them to do their jobs. And so many are stubborn. They stick by people, and they end up paying a heavy price. He made changes. He made a whole bunch of them and didn't hesitate to do it. Uh, basically admitting, look, I had the wrong people, and the difference is striking, whether it's, you know, Swoboda, whether it's offensive line, whether it's special teams, you can see the difference across the board. Oh, 100%. Uh, and like you said, a lot of coaches wouldn't possibly make that change right away and, and just kind of look at things as almost a fluke because when you look back at a lot of those games, there is a world where Tulane was not 2-10 last year. You know, they had a lot of two- to four-point losses where – if a couple things had gone one way or the other, they might have ended with a completely different record. I, I'd say they could have at least won three games had, uh, like I said, a few things gone right. And knowing that, you kind of think, was this, again, just a fluke? All these players are staying here. Do we kind of keep this together? And the fact that all of the players stayed, nearly all of them, uh, when that, that's a perfect excuse with everything going on with NIL and the transfer portal to get out of Dodge and have a clean break. And the fact that really no one did that, it's still the same core of the team last year. That, I think, really has made as much of a difference as the coaching staff has. But it's a risk. You know, you bring in an entirely new coaching staff and they don't work out either. Then you're really looking at a bad place. But that's where, again, you know, you talked about coach Fritz and willing to make those hard decisions and I think he not only makes the hard ones but really makes the right ones for this team for the players that he had and like you said in all phases of the game even though Chris Hampton is the one that is one of the only people that's still around and his turnaround with that defense has been incredible and he's had a couple transfers come to play for him but the special teams guy too I think has done incredible work you just look at Jaquan Jackson's punt return over the weekend and not just that but all the blockers on that play like Jarius Monroe you see him getting out there. Jaden Kennedy had sprinted up to get right behind Squan Jackson to make sure there weren't any blockers coming. And just the focus and attention to detail, I think, on every phase of the game has really stood out. When you look at what is to come, I found it pretty interesting that East Carolina whipped UCF. I mean, beat them three touchdowns. 
last week. After watching UCF the previous week put up 70-plus, I'm like, wow, that's going to be a tough one for the Green Wave. But I'm looking at this schedule now. And, of course, you can win or lose any game, but I, I like what I see. I, I think Tulane's in a pretty good position here to get to that Black Friday game, possibly unbeaten in league play. Who would have thought that? I would never have thought that. Yeah, I, I mean, like you said, completely unbeaten in, in conference play. If you said that you predicted that, then I would say you're a liar. But I don't know. Yeah, everyone keeps talking about these last couple games like there's something impossible. And I'd argue they've already kind of achieved the impossible already in several games this season. They beat, at this point, several teams that, you know, not just beat them, but kind of whooped them last year. Like ECU put up over 50 points against them. Like you said, they just beat UCF and Tulane held them to nine points this year. And the UCF game is one that was a four-point loss. And... Cincinnati, they were playing their third-string quarterback again in Kai Horton, who has made incredible strides this year, but he was really kind of just thrown out there. He broke his finger on, like, the third play of that series, and you just think of the players he was trying to throw a pass against in coverage like Sauce Gardner, and Tulane was leading that game through half. So things that they shouldn't have been in last year, all things considered, they were right there until the end on a lot of games. So looking at that and looking at how many things went wrong last year, and then looking, for example, at you know the game this weekend, I know a lot of people were disappointed by the second half that they were outscored twenty-eight to three, and I know Willie Fritz after the game kind of you know took not blame or credit, but somewhere in the middle of kind of taking his foot off the gas pedal, wanting to run down the clock and not being as aggressive with some of his play calling. But to me, that showed a, a complete team win in a way. And it's really easy to blow out a team and keep blowing them out until the 60 minutes are over. But to me, it was more impressive that the other team, and, and one that I don't think is a slouch Memphis, I don't think their record really shows what talent that they have. Um, you know, they had a really credible comeback. They gave Tulane all they had. And yes, they let the score kind of get a little closer than fans might have liked, but... They stuck with it. No one got flustered, and they played till the end of that game where Jarius Monroe sealed it with an interception in the end zone. Just see that focus really going through the end of games, and I think those games are really helpful for players to experience a little bit of that adversity but still be able to pull it out in the end because that was something last year where the clock strikes adversity and the team could really crumble at times. So I think moving forward, they really are in a good position where I think they see the end goal, they see that they can reach it, and they know that they have what it takes to hang in when the going gets a little tough. Still trying to earn respect. I find it a little bit bemusing and peculiar that they're ranked behind Kansas State, given Kansas State's record and given Tulane's record and the fact that Tulane won at Kansas State. So you got to earn respect. I get it. But I think that's coming. The thing that shows me that this is a good football team is that they're winning games in different fashion. Their defense won games, holding teams to 10, 0, 10, 9 points. And then their offense has won games when opponents have scored a lot of points. So they're doing it. And as you mentioned, with special teams, that's a vastly improved aspect of this football team. You know, they're, they're making some kicks. They're returning kicks. They're covering kicks better. And that's a, such an important part of the game. But I just think it's a well-rounded football team. And, and again, they don't have great receivers yet. They never have. Uh, they're perhaps a little bit better overall. The running back situation's always been good, and it is again this year. It's good to see Shadi Clayton playing well behind Tajay Spears. I did high school games for both of them. And, and then, of course, defensively, I just think they're solid at every level. So it's a good football team. It's that simple. And if you'd have taken uh, the poll before the game, would you take a 10-point win over Memphis today? I think everybody takes that. 
Yeah, I think that's a good point. And I've really said the exact same thing about this season, that it's not been just the defense has gotten them this far. They got them, I think, to the point where they really saw that they had an opportunity and capitalized on it. But you know, the saying goes, defense wins championships. But I don't know if in today's either college or NFL world that that necessarily cuts it all through the season. And so I actually, again, like the UCF game to me was a positive where the defense didn't have its best outing and the offense showed that it would be able to carry this team on its back. I think Michael Pratt has really made such strides as a pocket passer, you know, for being someone that has such a mobile game with his legs. He's one of those rare guys that almost doesn't want to use his legs and really looks to pass first. And so seeing him start to get chemistry with a bunch of different receivers, them starting to play kind of the mobility of the run game off of him, which I never really saw that much of last year. Um, And then, you know, special teams, I'd say, had kind of their flub against Southern Miss with a missed field goal, a blocked one, and a blocked punt. But they, again, have not made those types of mistakes again. So, it's again, it's just not the same backslide you saw last year. And I think, again, a lot of that comes down to coaching. But like you said, it really is a complete team, and that gives both sides of the ball, I think, a lot of confidence in those types of situations, like the Memphis game. You know, as much as fans, I think, might have been panicking, that team wasn't panicking at all. And if you look at one of those drives, uh, it was about a six-and-a-half-minute one, and it took them through halfway through the fourth quarter. It didn't result in points, but it ate up the clock. It gave the defense the time to rest. And I think when you see that the other side of the ball can hold up their end of the bargain, it makes you just want to play that much harder when you're on the field. Last question, do you think the week off is is a help or is it a hindrance considering the fact that they're winning? Yeah, I mean, momentum is momentum, but I think every team can use that kind of time off to just get healthy. You know, I don't, it's not that there are these huge injury concerns, but I think everyone starts to kind of get beat up and, you know, the offense took a pounding, especially in the run game, which I, you know, find Memphis, that's my number one game plan after seeing how things went last year with Tajay Spears, uh, but you know, just kind of looking at again, was there anything that we could have done to not be outscored 28-3 to in that second half of the game? I think just having that extra time to really game plan for upcoming opponents, working with the scout team, and just getting some extra rest and recovery before this last stretch of what I think they're looking at is must-win games at this point. You know, there's no slouches left on the schedule, Tulsa, UCF, SMU, and Cincinnati. So having that time off, extra time to prepare, and I think – players again that might have been on the cusp of injury or might have gotten a little banged up in the Memphis game have that extra time to get healthy and make kind of this final push where they're looking at the conference championship and I think it's about time we start to really believe what these players were saying back in August. Special times at Tulane University a week off and then at Tulsa. Follow her on Twitter Maddie Hudak underscore 94 of course follow her as well and doing sideline reports for Tulane games and doing a great job. Maddie, a pleasure to visit with you. I hope to do it again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me on. It was really good. Always happy to talk some Tulane. All right, my pleasure. Thank you, Maddie. That's uh, Maddie Hudak, Tulane University. We'll take a time out here. Suno bringing back athletics. Great news. And we're going to talk with James Matthews coming back about that as we continue with more of All Access 4 on Monday night here on 106.1 FM Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Sure, we have 30 seconds to tell you that drivers who switch to Progressive could save big. But then what? Well, we could try to fill the remaining time with awkward pauses. It's often done for comedic effect. Is it working? I can't tell if this is funny. Maybe this is so bad it's funny. Wow, we really peaked at the save big when you switched to Progressive part. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. We tried Dynavite for gut health and immune support, and after a couple of weeks, our little gizmo was acting like a puppy again. His coat was shinier, he had a lot less scratching and shedding, and he seemed like his happy old self. My dog smelled and scratched constantly. We bathed and sprayed her, took her to the vet, but no results. Now, a little Dynavite in her food helps Bella keep her beautiful coat with no scratching or smell. Get 10% off your next order of Dynavite nutritional supplements for dogs at Dynavite.com. Happier, healthier with every bite. Over a million pets helped with Dynavite. For that professional landscaping appearance every time, depend on LandPride, the leader in landscape and agri-maintenance equipment. Ascension Equipment in Renal in Gonzales is your local authorized LandPride dealer. From rotary cutters and tillers to cedars, rakes, and blades, you'll find that no landscaping task is too tough for LandPride. Discuss the complete line of LandPride products with the folks at Ascension Equipment in Renal on Airline Highway in Gonzales. Save more today and mow tomorrow. Ring in the new year with the 89th All-State Sugar Bowl. Since 1935, the Sugar Bowl has been a New Orleans New Year's tradition. And this year, the best of the SEC and Big 12 will square off on New Year's Eve in the Caesars Superdome. So kick off your New Year's celebration with a college football masterpiece. For tickets, visit AllStateSugarBowl.org and download the free Sugar Bowl mobile app. The All-State Sugar Bowl is presented by Allstate, the Louisiana Office of Tourism, and Taco Bell. This Halloween, it's the season for spectacular fun and, uh-oh, empty candy bowls. Swoop in or online to Walgreens to fill your Halloween bowl with our weekly Treats of the Week deals. Because if it's we can't run out of candy season, it's Walgreens season. This report is sponsored by Mucinex DM. Not all coughs are the same. Buy Mucinex DM to get cough and chest congestion relief for three times longer than your typical four-hour cough and chest congestion medicines. With Mucinex DM, it's not cold and flu season. It's always comeback season. Relief with Mucinex DM and nothing lasts longer. Among OTC cough and cold medicines, use as directed. This is Josh Danzig with Where Yet Mag for 106.1 Nash Icon. This Thursday evening, head to Lafreniere Park in Metairie for the return of Top Taco, featuring 40 restaurants, 30 tequilas, Mexican wrestling, and much more. And this weekend, catch in concert Ludacris, David Shaw, and others at the Acadia Music Fest in Thibodeau at the Acadia Plantation Town Center. For more ideas on what to do this weekend, visit whereyat.com to sign up for our weekly e-blast, where the hottest events get delivered directly to your inbox. Cumulus New Orleans, incredible service and excellent results. New Orleans is always number one with Cumulus Radio and Digital. This is where you get all access, not just the focus on one or two topics. All sports topics are on the table with your calls at all times. Join us now by calling 260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan on 1061 Nash Icon through CrescentCitySports.com and at NashFM1061.com. Athletics. Suno, the castle, all of it has a good ring to it. And it's great to know that we're going to see intercollegiate athletics at Suno again, as we had for many years Previously, it's great to visit now with James Matthews of Southern University of New Orleans. James, listen, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. And it really is a good time at Suno, isn't it? Definitely. It definitely is. And first, I want to say thank you for having me on today. But um, we're, we're extremely excited to be able to bring athletics back to this university. Um, 
We're we're excited, man. We're happy to go. As I'm speaking right now, we're literally having our midnight madness right now in our gymnasium, and it is is going crazy in there. Well, that's fantastic. It's so good to to see because for so long, you know, watching Dillard, watching Xavier, watching Loyola, you know, everybody of course knows about Tulane and University of New Orleans right next door to you there with, you know, the the Division One level or FBS level, but. Suno's had a good basketball program. Suno's had an elite track and field program uh, most recently. And to see athletics back, it was hard to see it go away. Talk about the effort to get it back and how it happened so quickly. Well, uh, all credit due to our um, our chancellor, Mr. James Ammons, Jr., well, Dr. Ammons. Um, When he came, we first came, our university was in um, a little accreditation um, issues. And um, when Dr. Ammons came, he saw that um, one of the things that would help the university and help our case was to kind of suspend the athletic program. And um, so that was tough for everybody to kind of take, um, the, the fans, the students, um, and even himself, that he had to come on and um, make such a drastic move. So he made it his mission to make sure he would be able to put the university on stable ground and bring the athletic program back. And um, we actually started talking about it um, probably in um, the summer of 2021. And we were just um, kind of discussing it and what, what it would look like to bring the athletic program back. And, um, you know, what conference we would choose and things of that nature. So we put a, a group together, um, kind of like a committee, to help facilitate um, the bringing back of athletics. And... Um, a year later, here we go. It's fantastic stuff. And, of course, I mentioned the Castle basketball. I mean, everybody knows Suno basketball. Talk about the basketball program. It's close to your heart. Yeah, so um, we're, we're starting with men's and women's basketball as we're bringing the athletic program back. And um, there's a ton of excitement about, the, about these programs. I've been so many ex-players. And um, alumni of the university have come and found my office and just expressed their joy about having it and the pride. You could feel it back um, about us bringing our um, men's and women's basketball program back. Um, we have our women's coach, Ms. Destiny Smith. Um, she's a coach. She coached at a, the junior college level. She's excited about this opportunity. I'm excited about this opportunity. We hit the ground running with our recruitment. Um, we have kids from all across the country. Um, we have local kids as well, but we have kids from Virginia, from Oklahoma, from Florida, from Georgia. Um, all type of excitement was stirred up, and these kids really want to be a part of, you know, the first, being a part of um, bringing the athletic program back and kind of writing their own script. Well, it's obviously a good opportunity to be able to do that. And then in terms of attracting uh, local youngsters to participate in these programs, the fact that you came back so quickly, I got to believe, has not hurt that effort at all. No, not at all. I mean, we we did a lot of outreach even when we didn't have an athletic program. We always knew that this would be in the works, that sooner or later we would be bringing this program back. So our gymnasium was always open to the local um, high schools around this area if they wanted to host games, if they wanted to host practices. Um, We just wanted to always kind of be entrenched in the community. Um, St. Augustine, for example, they held some home games here. 
they had a lot of practices here. Um, Carver, it, numerous schools. So um, we're, we were happy to kind of at least still have the facility available for the community use. And um, now we're happy to put our students in it and bring our own team. And then last but not least, talk about talk about the sports. We talked. I mentioned track and field. That was incredible before we shut it down. Basketball, we talked about. Talk about the sports in particular that will uh, be taking place at Suno once again. Okay. And um, so, like I said, we're starting with men's and women's basketball this first yep. year. And mm-hmm. then in year two, we'll be bringing um, women's volleyball and men's and women's golf. And then in year three, we'll bring back that track and field team that you're talking about because Suno has an extremely rich history um, with track and field. And then we're going to look towards um, baseball, softball, tennis, and the list kind of goes on. We were given um, a certain amount of sports that we need to have by the NAIA. Who, that's who we're affiliated with. Um, we have a certain time frame we have to have a certain amount of sports in. We'll reach that time frame. We'll reach that number of sports before that time frame. And then we'll just keep adding. So men's and women's basketball, this is just the beginning. That's Suno, Southern University of New Orleans, the Black Knights on the way back, which is wonderful news for our community at large. James Matthews, we appreciate the time tonight. Uh, Listen, nothing but the best and anything we can do to help, uh, believe me when I tell you, we'd love to do so. Thank you, thank you, and thank you again for having me on. Um, Just want everybody to know our first game, our official first game, will be this Saturday, October 29th. Our women play at 3 o'clock p.m. and our men play at 5 o'clock p.m. We'll be tailgating starting at 11 o'clock. Fantastic. Appreciate the time. Keep up the good work, James. All right. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You got it, buddy. We'll take a brief time out here. Back with a few words on LSU as we continue with more of All Access for a Monday night, Ken Trahan with you on 106.1 FM Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. My friend and I are taking a trip to Mexico this year, but neither of us speak Spanish. So we downloaded Babbel and started learning Spanish fast. Want to get conversational in another language in as little as three weeks? Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons were designed by language experts to be the most efficient and effective way to learn a new language. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? Babbel. Language for Life, celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Now try Babbel for free at Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Sure, we have 30 seconds to tell you that drivers who switch to Progressive could save big. But then what? Well, we could try to fill the remaining time with awkward pauses. It's often done for comedic effect. Is it working? I can't tell if this is funny. Maybe this is so bad it's funny. Wow, we really peaked at the save big when you switched to progressive part. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
We tried Dynavite for gut health and immune support, and after a couple of weeks, our little gizmo was acting like a puppy again. His coat was shinier, he had a lot less scratching and shedding, and he seemed like his happy old self. My dog smelled and scratched constantly. We bathed and sprayed her, took her to the vet, but no results. Now, a little Dynavite and her food helps Bella keep her beautiful coat with no scratching or smell. Get 10% off your next order of Dynavite nutritional supplements for dogs at Dynavite.com. Happier, healthier with every bite. Over a million pets helped with Dynavite. My friend and I are taking a trip to Mexico this year, but neither of us speak Spanish. So we downloaded Babbel and started learning Spanish fast. Want to get conversational in another language in as little as three weeks? Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons were designed by language experts to be the most efficient and effective way to learn a new language. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? Babbel, language for life. Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Now try Babbel for free at babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Sure, we have 30 seconds to tell you that drivers who switch to Progressive could save big. But then what? Well, we could try to fill the remaining time with awkward pauses. It's often done for comedic effect. Is it working? I can't tell if this is funny. Maybe this is so bad it's funny. Wow, we really peaked at the save big when you switched to progressive part. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. We tried Dynavite for gut health and immune support, and after a couple of weeks, our little gizmo was acting like a puppy again. His coat was shinier, he had a lot less scratching and shedding, and he seemed like his happy old self. My dog smelled and scratched constantly. We bathed and sprayed her, took her to the vet, but no results. Now, a little Dynavite and her food helps Bella keep her beautiful coat with no scratching or smell. Get 10% off your next order of Dynavite nutritional supplements for dogs at Dynavite.com. Happier, healthier with every bite. Over a million pets helped with Dynavite. Always welcoming intelligent points of view, whether we agree or disagree. Let's have meaningful, constructive dialogue on All Access with Ken Trahan on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon, at NashFM1061.com, and through CrescentCitySports.com. Give us a call, 504-260-1061. Any doubts about Brian Kelly now? I mean, I've been saying that all year long regardless of where LSU was after Florida State, after Tennessee, after a bad half against Auburn, this team is real, okay? This team is good. It's not great. It's good. It's better. It's further along than anyone anticipated. You are seeing the offensive improvement that you really look for. Offensive line play is getting better. Two freshmen have been a big part of that. Running backs are playing better. Quarterback has gotten demonstratively better. Receivers are talented, and you're seeing the result. And the defense, though it has a few holes of sorts, is still good. They're thin up front with depth, but they have good players. Linebacker level is acceptable. Harold Perkins is unbelievable. And, of course, the secondary has had its good and bad moments, but Joe Fusha has definitely helped as well. The future is bright. Kicking game didn't beat them this past week for a change. 
that's also good because obviously that is an issue too to make sure that that doesn't raise its ugly head once again. The week off and then, of course, the measuring stick at home against Alabama. And indeed, it will be a measuring stick. We saw how far they came after that blowout loss to Tennessee against the top seven unbeaten team in Ole Miss. Now can we see that progress continue against Alabama and find the Tigers able to play with the Crimson Tide at home? If that happens, well on their way. By the way, Notre Dame people who didn't want Kelly, I wonder what they're thinking now. I've seen a few apologists say, oh, well, Notre Dame's not doing well because of the recruiting Kelly did. That's the most ridiculous, asinine take I've ever heard. Notre Dame has lost to Marshall, okay? Notre Dame has lost to Stanford. Give me a break. That has nothing to do with recruiting. Nothing. Brian Kelly's doing a good job. Want to thank Matty Hudak for joining us tonight. Also want to thank David Grubb for spending time with us as well, and James Matthews too.